0: Bible study with the football players. Uh, It's a voluntary thing. Anyone who wants to stay, they can stay. And this past week, I came in with a powerful lesson from Romans 5, chapters 3 and 4 uh, that says that uh, suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. Character produces hope. And my message was to them that even through disappointment, we have to get through the disappointment to get to victory. And so afterwards, I told my boys, I said, look, uh, if you have any Bible questions, or if you need somebody to talk to, just come and see me. I'd love to talk to you. And so after that, one of the boys came up to me and he said, "Hey, Alex, could I ask you a question?" And I was so ex- I said, "Man, sure." And I was really excited because I thought, "Man, this—he's already going to ask me a Bible question," and I'm excited because I didn't expect anyone to feel real comfortable with that on the first day. And he said, "Alex." Were you disappointed when you lost to your growth spurt? Man. When you lost to your growth spurt, coming from a seventh grader, this was, this was, a, it was a hard hit, to be honest with you. It was a hard hit. So I said, get out of here. <laughs> Everybody has something that makes them stand out. For me, for most of my life, it's been my stature. I've always been short, Uh, so if you're short, I promise you can do, you can still achieve all your dreams. Uh, It's okay, but I've always been short. Uh, All through school, even in college, I was always the smallest guy in my class, and that was okay. Uh, What is it that makes you stand out? Uh, For Daniel, we find out real quick what makes Daniel stand out in the book of Daniel. If you want to open your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. And you'll be able to follow along there. To set the stage a little bit for what's going on, where we're going to be studying, you got to go all the way back to the book of Leviticus. When you get back to the book of Leviticus, in chapter 26, verse 27, God says, But if in spite of this you will not listen to me, but walk contrary to me, then I will walk contrary to you in fury, and I myself will discipline you. Later on in verse 33, he says, And I will scatter you among the nations, and I will unsheath the sword after you, and your land shall be a desolation, and your cities shall be a waste. These are consequences that God has laid out for his people if they don't follow his commands. These are the consequences that he is going to destroy their cities, that he is going to scatter them amongst all the nations. And unfortunately, for God's people, they were disobedient for years and years, and years, and His promise gets carried out in various stages, eventually leading to the destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple by the Babylonians, and their cities laid in waste, just as He promised all the way back in Leviticus. These people were facing some severe, severe suffering. God even goes on to say in verse 39, and those of you who are left, shall rot away in your enemy's land. So basically, if they're unable to follow God's commands, He's going to destroy their cities. And not only that, once their cities are completely destroyed, He's going to displace them. He's going to put these people in foreign lands, away from their homeland. Very, very difficult situation. And this is where we are when the book of Daniel starts out and where we are in the great story of Scripture, where we're going to be studying this morning, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, has come into the city of Jerusalem. And what he's doing is he's going to take some of God's people and take them to Babylon, uh, take them into captivity. This is a period called the early exile. And what's going to happen in this time is he's going to take the best of the best. He wants to bring them in. He wants to train them in their culture, the Babylonian culture, He wants to train them to be like them. Describing what King Nebuchadnezzar is looking for, look at what Daniel writes in chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Where it says, Then the king commanded Ashpenaz, his chief eunuch, to bring some of the people of Israel, both of the royal family and of the nobility, youths without blemish, of good appearance, and skillful in all wisdom, endowed with knowledge, understanding, learning, and and competent to stand in the king's palace and to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. And verse 6 tells us that among these were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah of the tribe of Judah. So I want you to put yourself in Daniel's shoes here. Daniel is only about somewhere between 15 and 17 years old. Okay, so put yourself... Uh, Maybe think back to when you were 15 uh, to 17, somewhere in that area. Daniel is somewhere in that age group when he's captured, when he's taken into captivity. He's been kidnapped and trained under a pagan king, a king that is ordering him to eat food and drink wine that is against his convictions, against what he believes spiritually. Daniel's entire world has been flipped upside down. And honestly, Daniel had every reason to be bitter, to be upset. But look what verse 8 says. It starts out with the word, but. When it says, but Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Daniel stood out because Daniel decided before he was ever in this position before he was ever faced with the temptation to eat the king's food, he decided that he was going to stand out for God. He made that decision long before he was sitting there with that decision. When he was actually forced to make a choice, he had already made the decision that he was going to stand out with God. Now I want to ask you today, where are you at this morning? Because I understand that before you came this morning, most of you decided in your heart where you were going to be this morning with God. We've got some people who decided before they left home this morning, before they went to bed last night, that they were going to come here this morning and worship and give every bit of their heart to God. That they were going to come in here and be affected by God's Word in Bible study and in worship. Then you've got some people who decided before they left home this morning or before they went to bed last night, that they were going to get up and come to worship, but there was no way they were going to be affected by God's Word. That what they hear this morning wasn't going to affect them, but they were going to come anyway. Then you've got a third group of people who said, you know what, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go to church in the morning, like I do every single Sunday, like I do every Wednesday night for Bible study, and I'm going to go in and I'm going to listen I'm going to study in Bible study. I'm going to worship. But I'm going to leave unchanged. Where are you at this morning? Because I feel like everybody fits into one of those three categories. And I'm challenging you now, just like Daniel did, to make a decision. If you haven't already made a decision before you got here, to make a decision now that you're going to stand out with God, That you're going to stand with Him no matter what life gives you. Like I said, I don't know where you are, but I want you to stand out. I want you to stand with God. The entire story of Daniel revolves around a man who made a decision to stand out for God, and he was going to stand out for God no matter what happened in his life. The whole story revolves around that. And because of that, look at verse 9. Look at verse 9 in Daniel chapter 1. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. Not only that, but because Daniel stuck with his decision. Look at verse 15. At the end of ten days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. Because Daniel decided long ago that he was going to stand out for God, Daniel has been blessed. Just as you will be blessed if you decide today that you're going to stand out for God. Even though you don't understand what you're going through. Even though you don't really want to do what God is calling you to do this morning. Even though you don't want to forgive the person who's wronged you even though you don't want to ask for forgiveness, even though you know you made a mistake, if you choose to stand out for God, even with all that discomfort, you will be blessed. Just as Daniel was blessed. And while everyone else was eating from the king's table, Daniel and his three friends were sitting together eating vegetables, and drinking water. Raise your hand if you like vegetables. Let me see. you. I see you out there. Okay. Lots of vegetable lovers. Some of you probably, well, most of you probably grow vegetables. Now, I love vegetables. But I want you to go back to when Alex was 15 years old. I didn't really care for vegetables that much. And I guarantee you, if I was sitting at a table with a bunch of people eating the king's meal, I probably didn't really want any vegetables. Now, I don't know what they were eating. I don't know what the king's meal was, but I'm going to put it in our terms. I imagine Daniel sitting there with a plate full of vegetables and a glass of water, and he looks next to him, and this person's got a big old steak, baked potato, maybe even a little bit of chicken casserole. I don't know what they had, but whatever it was, it was delicious. And Daniel looks back at his plate and he's got a big old plate of vegetables and water. Now, 15-year-old Alex, no way. I'm going to be trying to reach over and pull these plates and maybe do a little switcheroo, give him some vegetables when I get some steak. So why was Daniel able to stand up to this? How come Daniel was able to withstand this Terrible temptation of vegetables versus good king's food. Now I want you to imagine yourself at that table. You look to your left, and there's Hananiah. And Hananiah reaches to his plate and eats his veggies and takes a gulp of water. Then he looks over to his right, and there's Michelle. Michelle's not too happy either, but he takes a deep breath and he follows through with the plan. Then he looks across the table over there and there he is, his friend Azariah, praying that God will give him strength to stick to the game plan. Now I don't know about you, but that gives me a lot more strength. If I'm sitting at the table by myself and I'm the only one that's got vegetables and everybody else is eating steak, probably going to give in but if I'm sitting at the table like Daniel is and I look to my left and I look to my right and I've got some friends who are with me I'm going to find some strength to get through it I'm going to find some strength to remain faithful to God now I think back to some times in my life I go back to 2011 2011 might have been the the toughest year of my life And my family, I was at at Freed. My family got some tough news from a doctor. And I remember going back to my dorm room, getting ready to go down to Birmingham to face what we were facing. And when I went back to my dorm room, the halls were lined with friends. It was at that moment that I felt like, man, I think I can do this. Then I, I go back to April of 2011, same year, just a couple months later, And a tornado had swept through the state of Alabama. And several people from our church family down in Birmingham had lost a home. And I remember driving up to a pile of rubble that used to be their home. Terrible situation, but I remember driving up to that pile of rubble, looking out and seeing dozens or more people that were standing there beside them helping them get through what they were facing. And I feel like it was in that moment that they thought, you know what? I can get through this. I can do it. Daniel was in this same kind of situation. He had been taken captive. He was being forced to follow a pagan king. I'm sure you've been there. You put yourself in this position where you're facing a really difficult situation, but you look to your left you look to your right. To be able to stand out, you have to be surrounded by people who love you. You have to be surrounded by people who can, who can help you through. And not only that, but to stand out, you also have to be a person that your friends know that no matter what happens, you're going to be there. That you're going to be standing right beside them. God didn't create you to be alone. He created you to be in fellowship with other people. Daniel didn't stand out on his own. He wasn't the only one that stood out. Daniel stood out with his closest friends. And look at verses 19 and 20 that we read for our Scripture reading this morning. And the king spoke with them, and among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians, and enchanters that were in, the, in all his kingdom. Ten times better. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah stood above the crowd because of their dedication to God, because they stood by God. And after this account, Daniel interrupts or <laughs> interprets dreams for Nebuchadnezzar. And he begins to rise up the ranks in the kingdom. And then he does the same thing with King Belshazzar. He rises up the kingdom there. But then King Belshazzar dies. And in chapter 6, if you want to turn on over there, he's rising up the kingdom again with King Darius. Lots of good positive things happening for Daniel. And we see why in verse 3. Look at verse 3 when he says, Because an excellent spirit was in him. An excellent spirit was in Daniel. He was so good that those who were jealous said to him, or said in verse 5, We shall not find any ground for complaint against this Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. Daniel was such a good guy that the only complaint anybody could find in him was his connection to the law of God. Just think of how amazing this man must have been. But here's another opportunity for Daniel to bow out. Here's another opportunity for Daniel to give up, to give in. Look at verse 10 in chapter 6. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed. So in in this opportunity, these people have taken to create a law that would catch Daniel. They say, look, for the next 30 days, No one in this kingdom can bow to a man or any other gods other than you, King Darius. That's how we're going to catch Daniel, because these men were jealous that Daniel had risen up in the ranks. And so in verse 10, I want you to see that Daniel already knew that the document had been signed. Daniel knew that he lived in a country that he could not worship the one true God. Let me phrase that, rephrase that. Daniel knew that he lived in a country that he could not worship the one true God without consequences. He knew that by worshiping God, he put himself at risk. Now what happens in our country when things happen that we disagree with? What about this side starts yelling, and this side starts yelling, and then they start yelling at each other? And it becomes chaos. Most people run first to the people around them and start complaining about what's going on. And they get riled up together and then, they, then everybody's riled up. Then they run home, pull out their cell phones, pull out their computers, jump on social media and start getting everybody riled up on there. Right? It's all about riling each other up. Everybody's riled up. And at that point, Everybody starts yelling again. It's like a cycle. It's just a lot of yelling and a lot of chaos. But I want you to look at the way Daniel handled this. Now, he lived in a country that just signed a law that he could not worship his one true God. And I want you to look at what Daniel did in the second part of chapter verse 10. He went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day And prayed and gave thanks before his God. Wow. I think it's time that people in the church. Instead of yelling at each other from side to side. Throwing things out on social media. I think it's time we follow Daniel's example. That we get down on our knees and pray to God. Give thanks to our God. Daniel knew that he was going to face consequences. Daniel bowed down, even knowing that he was going to face consequences. And Daniel stood out because he put God first no matter what happened. No matter what laws were put in place. No matter what the people around him were doing, Daniel stood for God. And he made that decision a long time ago. Now, despite all this in Daniel's life, despite all the good that he did, look at verse 16 of chapter 6. Look at verse 16. Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. Imagine how discouraged and how frustrated Daniel must have been in this exact moment. He's done everything right to the point that they couldn't find a complaint against him, except for in connection with his God. But yet Daniel finds himself in a lion's den. Imagine how lonely Daniel must have been in that den. He can't look around anymore and see his friends next to him. All he can look around and see is a group of hungry lions. And he's all alone. Now sometimes we do everything right, We put God first in our life, we try to surround ourselves with close friends, but yet we still feel lonely, just as Daniel feels lonely. It's hard to stand out when we feel lonely. There's a study that was done uh, by a psychologist at BYU reporting that between 20 and 43% of Americans report feeling lonely, or socially isolated. 43% of Americans. Loneliness is an all-too-common feeling. Sometimes it even overtakes us when we know we're surrounded by people we love. We still feel lonely. Daniel did everything right, but yet he still found himself alone in the pit, in the den, of lions. And I understand that it's difficult to stand out when you feel alone. In a world where we're able to socialize easier than we ever have in the history of the world, 43% of our country feels lonely. Now as we get ready to close out this lesson, I want you, I want to talk to you who feel lonely or those who have ever felt lonely, maybe you feel lonely now. Look at verses 21 through 23. Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me because I was found blameless before him and also before you. O king, I have done no harm. I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den So Daniel was taken up out of the den and no kind of harm was found in him. Daniel stood out even in a den of lions because he had a relationship with God. Daniel stood out even when he felt lonely because he had an excellent spirit within him. Now, I want to encourage you today because even when you feel lonely, you as Christians, we have an excellent spirit within us. And no matter if we have a 100 people surrounding us, Or if we're all by ourselves, you have the Almighty God within you. And those of you who are lost, I want to encourage you this morning that you can receive this excellent spirit through baptism. That you can become one with Christ and deepen your relationship with God through baptism, and you will have an excellent spirit within you. Where are you at this morning? Are you here? here or here, those three categories I talked about this morning, don't leave out of here this morning feeling lonely. Leave out of here feeling encouraged because you have the Spirit of God within you. If you have a need this morning, I want you to come forward and express that to us as we stand and sing.